This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. And welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler, hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, and come gather round the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. Dr. Peter Bregan is here for the entire program. He and his wife, researcher Ginger Bregan, have uncovered some pretty startling documents that would appear to connect the dots between Dr. Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, and his Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness Innovations, or CEPI, Klaus Schwab, the executive chairman of the World Economic Forum, and the Communist Chinese Bioweapons Program. So I think you know what this is pointing towards. Now. Before we get to Dr. Bregan, a quick programming note. Normally, we live stream this on my YouTube channel, Strange Planet. But I'm not going to give you, or I'm not going to give YouTube, that is. I'm not going to give YouTube the opportunity to demonetize this episode or to take it down, which is entirely likely. If I were to post this program tonight on YouTube, it would be my third strike. And they would take the channel down, probably for good. I don't like YouTube, but I need them, at least for the time being. So I'm going to use them for my purposes. Now, this episode will be available on my Rumble channel, rumble.com. If you search under channels, Richard Serrett's Strange Planet, um, you'll find it there. I can't live stream on Rumble yet, but we're working on that. So again, look for this episode on rumble.com either shortly after the show tonight or tomorrow. My live stream producer is Ryan White, and uh, he'll be posting that. He does a fine job, as does Carlos Cagina, my technical producer. What you're about to hear over the uh, course of the next two hours is not crazy, tinfoil hat conspiracy nonsense. It is, I believe, conspiracy fact. Conspiracies are not just theories. Oftentimes, conspiracies are crimes, as we've talked about many times in the program. And that's what we are likely confronted with here. If what Dr. Peter Bregan and Ginger Bregan are presenting in their new book, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey, is true. What we have suffered through over the last year and a half is an unimaginable, horrific crime. There is just no other way to sugarcoat this. 
some of us have long suspected that we were being lied to from the outset, lied to by the politicians, the mainstream media, the World Health Organization, other institutional or other international institutions. And when we talked about the fact that what made most sense was that the SARS-CoV-2 virus virus was created in the Wuhan China lab and escaped, or perhaps worse, was deliberately released, we were shouted down by the MSM. And now that scenario seems most likely. Now tonight, you're going to hear about a series of documents that have been uncovered by my guest, Dr. Peter Bregan and his wife that reveal just how deep this odious scheme goes. And the conclusions are pretty scary, difficult to process. The takeaway, as I see it, is that communist China, communist China, has declared war against the West. And they have legions of supporters in North America at all levels of government, in the media, in countless government agencies, in academic institutions, research facilities, you name it. And I've talked about this. Many of my guests have talked about this, hinted at this, suspected this. Now you're going to hear about the documents which drive these stark points home. So I strongly urge you to hang in for the full two hours. And uh, we will open up the lines, the telephone lines for calls a little bit later in the second hour. So as I always say, keep your powder dry for the first hour. Just l- listen to the conversation and then we'll uh, we'll carve out some time for you to call in with uh, questions and comments a little bit later. Dr. Peter Bregan is a Harvard-trained psychiatrist and former full-time consultant with NIMH. That's the National Institute of Mental Health. He's in private practice in Ithaca, New York. Dr. Bregan also acts as a medical expert in criminal malpractice and product liability legal cases. He's been involved in landmark cases on behalf of patients' rights in regard to antidepressants, antipsychotic drugs, and electroshock and lobotomy. His uh, list of uh, books include Talking Back to Prozac, Medication Madness, Brain Disabling Treatments in Psychiatry, Psychiatric Drug Withdrawal, Heart of Being Helpful, Empathy and the Creation of a Healing Presence. Wow, I'm an American. Guilt, Shame and Anxiety, Understanding and Overcoming Negative Emotions and his latest, which I believe is out a little bit later this month and we'll tell you more about how to get it and how to get a uh, updates. COVID-19 and the Global Predators. We are the prey. The website, wearetheprey.com. We are the prey. Dot com. Dr. Peter Bregan, welcome to the program. How are you, sir? Uh, it's good to be with you again. It just seems like the other day we talked. That's right. We had you on my uh, my weekly or my weekday uh, program on Saga 960. Uh, and we didn't have a whole lot of time, maybe 15, 20 minutes. So we've got the, the two hours tonight. So I'd like to begin, I guess, sort of at the beginning, because you are uh, you're a, a Harvard-trained psychiatrist. You are a man of science. And what we're about to talk ab- about tonight really gets into geopolitics and political subterfuge. Uh, how did this story, how did you begin to connect the dots, you and, and your researcher wife, Ginger? I mean, this must have been a, a, a large pill for you to swallow. Well, 
not as large as you might think, because we go back to, say, 1970s, and I conducted an international campaign to stop lobotomy and psychosurgery, that's psychiatric brain mutilation with scalpels and electrodes. <clears throat> and I was just shocked to see that uh, the whole medical uh, establishment and scientific establishment didn't want anyone claiming that uh, basically uh, this psychiatric neurosurgical treatment done at Harvard and Brown and all over the country, you know, was uh, was simply brain mutilation, and the only way it could work would be uh, by blunting the human for the rest of her life. Um, so I was very surprised then. And then it just grew over the years. In about 1992, um, after um, the publication of my book, Toxic Psychiatry, <clears throat> I was asked to be the... Um, single scientific expert for all the combined lawsuits against Eli Lilly, who is the manufacturer of Prozac. And Prozac was the first real bombshell psychiatric drug, blockbusters, they called, they called them from then on. And um, that was, it, had, you know, it was on the cover of Newsweek. It was just enormously promoted uh, drug by the big media. And... Um, there were about 150 lawsuits. I was the scientific expert, meaning that I'd go inside the drug company. And then I also went inside, you know, some of the FDA, interviewed some of the FDA people. Spent a, long, a lot of time um, researching what was going on with Eli Lilly and this drug. And I was shocked at the corruption inside Eli Lilly. And uh, I wrote a whole book about it with Ginger as my co-author, and that was uh, talking back to Prozac, and it was actually a bestseller. But the the shock of you know uh, lead the you know leaders of Eli Lilly meeting with the FDA at six or seven in the morning before any reporters would see them coming in and out of the building to discuss what to do about Bregan's accusations that. Prozac was causing violence and suicide, psychosis, and, and the various many lawsuits we had. So that was very disillusioning. Uh, I, had, I had always assumed that controlled clinical trials were the, quote, gold standard, we, we used to say, and they were just the golden calf. They were so corruptly done. They were marketing tools, you know, big money. Big money doesn't subject itself to science uh, when it's got a a product that plans to invest and make uh, hundreds of millions of dollars out of, or even billions. And um, that was very disillusioning. But I kind of had a little delusion of my own, um, which didn't get shaken in fully until COVID-19. And that, that little delusion of my own was, it's just this bad because my profession of psychiatry is fundamentally unscientific. So naturally, the drug companies have to make up diseases and make up treatments, and psychiatrists have to make up treatments and make up diagnoses. And I'm not talking about psychotherapy now. Psychiatrists don't do psychotherapy anymore. It doesn't make enough money. All they do is drugs and shock treatment and hospitalization. Um, so I was still just a tad naive, but I was way, way ahead of, say, your average doctor, even very smart doctor, even smarter than me doctor, working on COVID-19, because they hadn't seen the insides of the drug companies. 
Right. And in other words, Dr. Bregan, you you uh, had come to terms with the fact that that drug companies, uh, in terms of the drugs that were were used for psychiatric purposes, and and that branch of of medicine had become corrupted, but you you weren't aware uh, of the 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 level of corruption that had spilled over into the other areas of medicine is that the well, that idea was, that was basically everywhere in the corporate world really as i got into things more and more um i had actually begun to look at vaccines shortly before covid-19 so that was just by chance i published my first paper on vaccines um in january of 2020 so it was before um you know, I've written it before COVID-19. And I'd gotten interested in it because some people had told me that the vaccine manufacturers were even meaner and nastier and more suppressive than the psychiatric drug people. Now, they can also be the same people, and they often are. Um, I mean, if you look at uh, what goes on now with the two, the two biggest vaccines, two of the biggest vaccines, Pfizer and J&J, those are drug big drug companies, and I've been up against them. I was up against them in courts on uh, their psychiatric drugs. So uh, they were reappearing on the scene, or I was reappearing in their lives. Um, has, has this has this corruption uh, or coercion uh, filtered down to the the uh, the various medical associations that represent doctors? Uh, surgeons, uh, it, it, is it, has it reached those levels as well? Because I mean, yes. my, I guess my yes. overall question is, whatever happened to, you know, the first major uh, tenet of of um, healthcare, which is first do no harm. Yeah, that's a faraway story now. Um, uh, the health delivery systems, like in my my hometown here of Ithaca, New York, when I moved here twenty years ago. Um, you know, we had private doctors that we went to. Now, every single one of them, literally every single one, is a part of one single uh, health provider that's based out of the hospital. And um, and they're just not as, they're not as good anymore. They're not as caring. They're not as friendly. They're more bureaucratic. They've got more rules. And uh, they're, they're clearly much less in touch the, uh, than they were 20 years ago when we got here. Um, so it's just happening all over the country in a whole variety of ways in the health system. But I don't want to get too far away from <clears throat> this most amazing phenomenon of COVID-19. And maybe I'll jump ahead and, and tell you how we finally got involved in it. Oh, I'm going to tell about the vaccines. I'm not an anti-vax at all. I haven't actually studied a lot of the vaccines. And in principle, I'm not against them. The, the new so-called vaccines that are uh, put out by Moderna, Pfizer, AstraZeneca, and J&J &J are not vaccines. And maybe we'll get a chance to go into that. They're, they're actually uh, genetic manipulations. They're uh, kind of transhuman, transhumanism in operation. They're not vaccines, so in any normal term. Because a vaccine is, is where you have a killed virus or a mostly killed virus or deactivated virus, and you inject that, and it's not rarely going to cause harm. But what struck me um, is just 
that the the vaccine companies had had more privileges in the psychiatric in, than in their psychiatric work. They're often the same people, as I said. They they had their own vaccine courts. So you couldn't sue them. That was much more power and corruption than uh, in in the psychiatry field. I mean, literally, they. They bought the government, the vaccine people, and said, we're going to put out these vaccines. We don't want to get sued. Gee, why wouldn't they want to get sued? They're really afraid. They, they know they're going to cause a lot of harm. And they have a vaccine court that you have to go to, and you have to go up against the federal government, and it's very limited in what you can do with it. And then, uh, then I found out that the vaccines um, uh, for measles and mumps and all the other things, and the, those vaccines were not double-blind, placebo-controlled studies. They, they, used, they, they got away with comparing one vaccine to another vaccine, which would cover up the common ailments caused by the vaccines. So, I mean, that, it was really not good. But again, I certainly believe that vaccines have you know, done a lot of wonderful things. They wiped out right. polio, which was the scourge of my generation. Well, yeah, it's amazing that you can have taken all of the other vaccines and be okay with most of the other vaccines and 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 adhere to the vaccine schedule. But if you're against the COVID vaccine, suddenly now you're an anti-vaxxer. It's it's yeah. remarkable well, how that happened. It's such a bad vaccine, and we'll get into what this is all about. Uh, again, let's not call. I'd like to get out of the habits of calling of vaccines. But what got us started? We were very reluctant to get into this uh, COVID nineteen stuff. I didn't realize how unique my skills are. I mean, how many doctors are there who've been in trial? I've been in trial over a hundred times. I've had hundreds of suits involving drugs and psychiatry and shock and lobotomy that I didn't even go to trial in. So it's a huge amount of experience with the corporations and how to evaluate them, how to evaluate doctors' behaviors and how unscrupulous some doctors can be. It's unique, and I didn't quite realize that, but it's wonderfully been recognized by a lot of the really good doctors working in COVID-19 now. I mean, I've just got a whole group that I'm, I relate to, or several groups that Ginger and I relate to. But the thing that turned me around was Ginger and I were thinking about, and we said, look, you're called the conscience of psychiatry. You take on COVID-19 and, and, and all this years of work, I've written over 20 books, four, four of them, co-authored or co-edited with Ginger, I've written 70 or whatever scientific papers, you know, all that could go down the drain under another attack, already been attacked plenty. And um, and we were just waiting, and, and then in March, you know, it's just a month or two into this thing, um, Ginger brings me a paper written in 2015, and the paper's main author is a man named Menach Cherry, Carey is from he's from um, down in uh, North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and um, he, he actually uh, the big man behind him puts his name on last on the paper. His name is Barrick, B-A-R-I-C. Barrick. He's a very big guy in what is called gain of function research. Gain of function means you take what is either a very harmless or not that dangerous virus. All of it that I've been looking at with the COVID, the COVID research has been the harmless bad viruses. They're by and large pretty harmless. Harmless bad viruses turned into virulent pandemic viruses. And that's what they were doing back in 2015. They were making SARS-CoV 
and they called them that. SARS-CoV pandemic viruses in North Carolina. And by then we knew that China was, uh, we were already thinking that China, this thing was, came out of the Wuhan Institute, what the hell are the connections there, what's going on? And we discovered there are two Chinese uh, researchers on the same study, co-authors of this paper, making what are potentially weapons of war. I mean, there's no doubt when you make virulent viruses in the lab, you're also doing, you know, biological warfare research. It's the same thing. Right. So you take a naturally occurring uh, wild virus from bats, and then with this gain of function, you juice it up, make it more virulent, easier to study, and then you you infect upper respiratory human cells that have been placed in mice, right? So you've got a, like a chimera. You've got a mice, a mouse with with human upper respiratory cells in it. Is that the that idea? Certainly one of the things they do. That's why we call them Franken-mice. And they also will um, inject it into, into mice who don't necessarily have the human receptors um, uh, placed in them. Sometimes they'll make those mice sick, but they usually place a human, you know, they use mice that have been genetically modified to have human receptors in them that will accept these, these deadly uh, viruses. And they also test the human, uh, in this case, human epithelial cells themselves in a Petri dish. So you've got it live in the animals and you've got it in the, in the you know, in the, in the lab, in the Petri dish. Dr. Bregan, we're about to come in, go into a break here, uh, but just very quickly, at, at this point, when they through gain of function, are they attaching a spike protein to the bat virus in order to sort of that's the key to insert into the lock of the human re- cell receptors? Yes, they were, and they were getting some of the materials for that directly from the Wuhan Institute. They were exchanging all this. We help build SARS-CoV-2. So Chapel Hill. Back in 2015, this paper demonstrates Chapel Hill in North Carolina is cooperating with the Wuhan Virology Lab. They are they are creating, or they through gain of function, a um, a SARS-CoV type virus taken from bats, placed in human cells. They've attached a spike protein. We'll pick up on that point when we come back. Dr. Peter Bregan, uh, co-author of COVID-19 and the Global Predators. We are the prey. We are the prey.com, the website back with more of the Conspiracy Show right after this. Don't be afraid of the dark. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To talk to Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. I think we owe a great debt of gratitude to science. Science has, in many ways, helped ease uh, the suffering of this pandemic, which was more than likely caused by science. <laughs> what, 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 what do you mean by it? Do you mean like well, there's, perhaps there's, there's a chance that this was created in a lab, there's an investigation? A chance? Oh, there's evidence I'd love to hear. There's a know. novel respiratory coronavirus overtaking Wuhan, China. What do we do? Oh, you know who we could ask? 
the Wuhan novel respiratory coronavirus lab. The disease is the same name as the lab. That's just that's just a little too weird, don't you think? And then they ask those scientists, they're like, how did this? So wait a minute, you work at the Wuhan respiratory coronavirus lab. How did this happen? And they're like, mm, a pangolin kissed a turtle. There you go. John Stewart appearing on Steve Colbert's show. And yeah, now he comes out. It's it's safe for a comedian, Mr. Funny Man, to come out on a talk show and, and uh, joke about it. Where were you uh, a year ago when some of us were talking about this, that that's what made most sense, that this virus either escaped or was allowed to escape or was made to escape from the, uh, the Wuhan Virology Lab. All right, back to uh, my conversation with Dr. Peter Bregan, co-author of COVID-19 and the Global Predators. We are the prey. We are the prey.com is the website. We'll tell you how to get the book in a, uh, a little bit here. So we were talking about this document from 2015, Dr. Bregan, which showed uh, this gentleman from Chapel Hill, Menachery, working alongside uh, Barrick and uh, also uh, two Chinese scientists. I'm guessing one of them was the, uh, the bat lady, uh, Dr. Shi Zheng Li, and uh, as a collaborator, and perhaps even her superior. Is that right? That's exactly right, yes. Two of the top people in the entire Chinese uh, hierarchy, and they're all going to be very, very close to the uh, leaders of the Communist Party. Uh, Xing Li Shi is really a PR person for the Communist Party. In China, they... Uh, and people really need to know this. There, there is nothing free there, no, nothing even close to independent institutions. It's all under the Communist Party, and that got even tightened more, just as we got tightened more under what's becoming our one-party, uh, progressive party system. It got even tighter under the Chinese Communist Party. And they have a, 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 a upfront policy called military civil fusion. That means that the military is on top of anything in the civil world, civilian world, business, science, that has any remote interest to the well-being of the Chinese people and to warfare. And then, worse of all, they, they uh, or most shocking of all, they have a policy of unrestricted warfare. They don't, they're not interested in trying to confront the United States, which has so much greater firepower than they do, overwhelmingly greater firepower. They want to undermine us in whatever way they can, and their, their standard of ethics, there's a whole book about it that came out of their military, their standard of ethics is it's ethical if it reaches its goal. And um, there was a lot lot for them involved in uh, 2020, late to 2019 and 2020, because Donald Trump was the first president, the first one really, to stand up to China, just, just like Ronald Reagan was the first one to stand up to Russia, and got, he got, you know, uh, just attacked for talking about the evil empire and Star Wars and so on to defend us. I remember I was quite on the progressive area back in the Reagan area, and I thought, oh, who is this crazy guy? Um, that's before I really understood American history, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and a lot of other things, which I really eventually got deeply immersed in. 
So they have unrestricted warfare, and they were going to use it against Donald Trump one way or another because he was reversing history. History was that the Chinese empire was extending itself without resistance throughout the world. And I right. Well, no with the cooperation, it was it was President Clinton that uh, welcomed China in and pushed for China's inclusion in the world trade organization. They got favored trade status. Uh, it was it was main. It was the Chamber of Commerce and and Wall Street that uh, uh, that um, you know moved hundreds of thousands of manufacturing jobs out of the United States. It was a great deal for uh, the. Uh, I think they've been referred to as the China class, not necessarily uh, uh, um, Chinese Americans, but um, American uh, uh, business people, people who have profited off of. Uh, this, this yeah, we looked deal. into I, that in the yeah. book uh, a great deal. I went down and examined uh, about the top the 20 U.S. billionaires, and with the ex- possible exception of Larry Ellison, none of them are, uh, or their corporations, are patriotic. I mean, you can look at the Waltons and Walmart, but they don't run it anymore. And uh, the Walmart was building buildings continue building buildings in Wuhan after all this began. So all the top billionaires, all the top tech companies, deeply involved in China. And this, uh, and they, uh, they don't love America. They don't love God. They don't love the flag. They don't love freedom. I've read a lot of their remarks, watched their videos. You know, I can see Bill Gates talking about human freedom. I mean, it's the last thing he wants, uh, those folks very definitely, and um, they want to control things. They want to control the world. They want to so, milk the world. And, um, and there's a direct link from all of that to what we were just discussing. Because as we looked into it and we started to hear more about Fauci, we were among the first to begin talking about the fact that Fauci was on Bill and Melinda Gates' foundation on its council advising on, guess what, vaccines. So this little council of five or six big globalist international people, uh, and there's, there, there's Fauci, and so he is a close ally going years back of Bill Gates. So this is CEPI you're talking about, the Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness Innovations. Yeah, well, that uh, I can switch gears then and go back a ways again. So I was talking about 2015. Well, that actually turned out to be a pretty big year, although uh, we've tracked back um, Fauci funding of uh, gain of function, I think as far as 2008 or somewhere around in there. In 2015 was really their big moment. And, uh, of course, they were building these viruses, and, and it was clear they didn't have just one. And um, these SARS-CoV viruses, and they were exactly like SARS-CoV-2 in that they attacked uh, older people and injured people, immune-compromised people, but they pretty much let children and young adults free. And there was another problem, which was that if you infected a mouse, you, if you immunize, if you gave a mouse one of their vaccines that they were working on, and then you expose them to the virus, 
they sometimes, especially anyone that was older, they got sick, they even died. They had such ghastly immune responses from having a double exposure, first to the virus and then to the... Um, this is the cytokine storm they talk about. Yes, that's exactly right. The cytokine storm, exactly what it is. So, I mean, we're looking at all of this at once, and we started to realize, wait a minute, there's something really, really large going on here. And I'd heard about Bill Gates, and I thought it was nonsense. And, you know, I mean, this big monster guy, he, he looks a bit, little bit like a weird adolescent, although he's a grown man. Well, it turns out that he is quite something. Um, so Gates, going back to... Uh, Probably, probably, you know, two thousand five, six, seven is already thinking about virus, about vaccines. He'd like to make a killing on vaccines, and he believes that he can organize the world around vaccines. And that's basically what he did. And in two thousand seventeen, four or five different things happened. All of them coming, I believe, from working with Gates and 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 uh, Kraus, um, Klaus Schwab, Schwab, right, the and, World Economic uh, Forum, from Davos, and I'll try to put them together for you. So, in 2017, the uh, FDA announces that it's beefing up and improving its um, ability to mount great resources in the face of a potential coming uh, epidemic. And that becomes a very big deal. And um, they start talking about an, you know, emergency procedures that are going to be done to fund drug companies to uh, rush through platforms in 2015. Gates announces he's and he announces this at Klaus Schwab's World Economic Forum. People know it by the name of Davos in Switzerland. He announces that he's working with Pfizer in in two or three different videos that were not very much watched. I mean, one of them was watched by twenty five thousand people. I mean, his videos are usually a million, so the tens of millions. So these things were not being um, pushed. And in one, he, he, he's talking about how they're building platforms with these, uh, with these drug companies to rush through vaccines, how he expects cooperation from the federal government so they won't have to go through um, having, having to, uh, to actually get them fully approved <laughs> in a normal <laughs> Okay, I've got to jump in, Dr. Bregan. Pardon the interruption. We're up against a break here. We'll come back and we'll pick up on that. Bill Gates, speaking at Davos, creating these platforms to, to create these vaccines, which will skirt around certain FDA requirements. It's all starting to line up, folks. Dr. Peter Bregan, co-author, along with uh, his lovely bride, Ginger, COVID-19 and the Global Predators. We are the prey. Back with more. Stay with us. When you look at the sky, ever wonder if someone's looking back? This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard live, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. This one's too hot for YouTube, folks. You'll find it on rumble.com, either 
shortly after the show uh, tonight, early this morning or tomorrow. We are with uh, Dr. Peter Bregan, Harvard-trained psychiatrist, author of uh, some 20 books, over 70 scientific uh, papers, and his latest co-authored with his wife, Ginger, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey. So we were talking about uh, Bill Gates speaking at uh, Davos, talking about uh, uh, marshalling all of these resources to uh, prepare for the next coming pandemic. And uh, you, you uncovered some of these videos on YouTube that uh, were not widely watched, but he's talking with, um, I guess, some some confidants in, in the mainstream media, some journalists. What is he telling them? Well, he's basically describing Operation Warp Speed to them, which is just amazing. Um, he doesn't use those words, but he's describing it. He's also describing what he already knew about, which was the Emergency Use Authorization Act, which was being tooled up that very year. There's, again, 2017, early in the year. The FDA puts out new regulations about it, new, new uh, emphasis on it. And what the EUA was going to do was exactly what Klaus Schwab was saying we need to do in the world, um, you know, with his concept of the Great Reset. And that is, he want, they were going to bring together philanthropic organizations, industry and government, and all these things to save humanity. They were not going to go through democratic processes, no interest in liberty, there's no concern about collateral damage. It's all in 2017 already now, a huge setup that we will see unveiled under Donald Trump as if Donald Trump, you know, worked this out with Fauci. No, it's just Fauci being the uh, henchman of not just, of course, Gates, but these big corporations, Moderna, Pfizer, AstraZeneca, J&J. And his two favorites are Moderna and Pfizer, and those are the first two to get the Rush approval. Isn't that interesting? His two of his biggest investments, favorites, are Moderna and Pfizer. So it's all set up really far in advance. So now, when, when people say, how did they get these vaccines so quickly and they rushed them through and, and uh, as you say, Operation Warp Speed, and there is some, some of the vaccine hesitancy is based on this notion that, wow, the, these things just came out of nowhere. You're saying, wait a minute, no. The, the documents show the if you, if you follow the trail here, the 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 virus uh, was likely created created sometime after just after 2015, and then they had the vaccine almost what ready to go by 2017. No, I don't think so. What they have ready to go then is all the huge billions of dollars of investment into much of it through this organization, CEPI. That Schwab, again, Schwab is a big deal here, though he's not a huge billionaire. Schwab and Bill Gates um, creating at Davos, and they are working with a huge foundation um, out of Great Britain that was also drug company funded. It's one of the largest foundations, Welcome Fund, that, uh, that Welcome Trust that there is in the world. So it's all this money. That's what's coming together. In fact, they never can make a vaccine. Because what the research shows, 
as they begin to do all this research. Oh, and also 2017, Gates is talking about the DNA and RNA viruses, I mean vaccines. He's talking about it. And then Johns Hopkins, 2017, was closely involved with this, and all these people closely attached to China. Johns Hopkins, the Harvard public health people, the Hopkins public health people, they're all attached to the billionaires, to Bill Gates, to Michael Bloomberg. They're all, they're all attached, very easy to track. I don't know why we're the first people to kind of put the whole thing together, it looks like. So, so can I just circle back? A, they haven't got a vaccine because the problem is you can't make a good one. And uh, okay. one reason is that the coronaviruses notoriously mutate. They don't have what other groups of viruses have, which are called editing facilities. They just they just mutate all the time, and not not not, not toward virulence, because there's there's nothing to gain in nature by being virulent. There's nothing to gain in human beings by being virulent. If you want to survive, be the common cold. The virulence does not come out of nature, and just as a little aside. The, there have been eight leaks that we know of now of um, SARS-CoV viruses going back to 2003 when there was a, a, a much smaller epidemic. And the virus leaks, four of them are out of China, out of another facility in China, I'm not even sure we had uh, the, uh, the Wuhan Institute. Then they were out of Beijing. They were out of one was out of uh, Taiwan. Another was out of um, uh, another Far Eastern uh, labs in a, in a big city. So we've got eight leaks, and we can't find a single pathogenic pandemic coronavirus in nature. They have hunted and searched and hunted and searched. So we don't even know if the first one was out of nature or out of Chinese lab. It came out of southern China, the first pandemic. All right. Dr. Bregan, I've got to jump in here. We, this was a short segment. We'll come back and uh, then we'll have uh, we'll clear sailing right to the top of the hour. Dr. Peter Bregan, co-author of COVID-19 and the Global Predators. We are the prey. Stay with us. Curiosity, or did the devil make you do it? Whatever the reason, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To talk to Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Curiosity, or did the devil make you do it? Whatever the reason, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To talk to Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Dr. Fauci, we don't know whether the pandemic started in a lab in Wuhan or evolved naturally, but we should want to know. Three million people have died from this pandemic, and that should cause us to explore all possibilities. Instead, government authorities, self-interested in continuing gain-of-function research, say there's nothing to see here. 
Gain-of-function research, as you know, is juicing up naturally occurring animal viruses to infect humans. To arrive at the truth, the U.S. government should admit that the Wuhan Virology Institute was experimenting to enhance the coronavirus's ability to infect humans. For years, Dr. Ralph Barrick, a virologist in the U.S., has been collaborating with Dr. Shi Zengli of the Wuhan Virology Institute, sharing his discoveries about how to create super viruses. This gain-of-function research has been funded by the NIH. The collaboration between the U.S. and the Wuhan Virology Institute continues. Doctors Barrick and Shi worked together to insert bat virus spike protein into the backbone of the deadly SARS virus, and then use this man-made supervirus to infect human airway cells. Think about that for a moment. The SARS virus had a 15% mortality. We're fighting a pandemic that has about a 1% mortality. Can you imagine if a SARS virus that's been juiced up and had viral proteins added to it, to the spike protein, if that were released accidentally? Dr. Fauci, do you still support funding of the NIH funding of the lab in Wuhan? Senator Paul, with all due respect, you are entire, entirely and completely incorrect that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute Do they fund of Dr. Barrick? We do not fund... You fund gain, Dr. Barrick's gain-of-function research? D Dr. Barrett does not doing gain-of-function research, and if it is, it's according to the guidelines, and it is being conducted in North Carolina. Not you don't think inserting in a bat virus spike protein that he got from the Wuhan Institute into the SARS virus is gain of function. That you is would not be in the minority because at least 200 scientists have signed a statement from the Cambridge Working yeah. Group saying that it is gain of function. Well, it is not. And if you look at the grant and you look at the uh, progress reports, it is not gain of function, despite the fact that people tweet that. Government signed. All right, there you go. That's an exchange between Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky and Dr. Anthony Fauci. So uh, based on your research, Dr. Bregan, I, I hope you were able to hear that clip. Was Dr. Fauci lying? Oh, gosh. What did we say when we were kids? Liar, liar, pants on fire. Oh, my God. Is this totally lying? He is so, totally lying. And is, it's is bizarre, a... but... But I know this about these people, you know. It's just always just sitting listening to that replay. He's been functioning gain-of-function research. It's called gain-of-function in the research protocols. He calls it gain-of-function in one of his emails. It's clearly gain-of-function. And it's exactly the research that actually Obama at the end, just at the very end, the 2017 or so, before uh, he, he, he moved out, that uh, he, he on White House stationery said, let's put a moratorium on that. And Fauci lied to him as well. Fauci went on with the premier gain-of-function research, which is that paper from 2015, and you've properly highlighted on this show, out of North Carolina, and in collaboration with the Chinese. And he has also funded gain-of-function research, not just that involved the U.S. and China. He has funded Chinese, 
Chinese people, like the infamous Shangli Shi or Shi Shangli. The Batman. Yes. He has funded Chinese researchers working in the Wuhan Institute, in some cases, without any Americans uh, participating. And, and in one case, another whole ball of wax, uh, Peter Dayzak, who is a place where, where Fauci has been funding some of this uh, money through. Can we take a minute, though, and let me tell people a little bit about the book, because they don't know. Your audience doesn't know at this moment that they, in, in uh, five minutes, can have the manuscript of the book. So can I, can I just talk yes, about please. that? Yes, please. Yes. And maybe, maybe even uh, at the end, too. Well, when we started to, to write the book, we began to feel like it was not right to withhold this information. So we did something no author's ever done before. So here's the deal. If you live in the United States, and, and don't get worried if you uh, are in Europe and Canada, you get an even better deal in some ways. If you're in the United States, where we can actually mail books out, we can't mail books. We have to wait till we get up on other platforms, uh, you know, other uh, big-name places to, that can mail things to Europe without it costing $35 or to Canada. But right now, if you're in the American audience, Go to our dedicated website for the book. It's the same website for the rest of the world, and it's and it's called We Are the Prey. So we wanted something easy to remember. That's the subtitle of the book, WeAreThePrey.com. And if you order the book in advance, you will instantly, in your website, get the latest version of the manuscript, which right now is pretty much the finished manuscript. We're in the very last stages of a little bit of copy editing. So you'll get the finished manuscript minus a little copy editing immediately and get all this information I'm talking about, and I mean all of it, documented. The manuscript is like 600 pages of uh, PDF manuscript. It's got over a 1,000 citations in it. It's nicely written. And it's got three incredible introductions by the top treating physicians and organizers in the COVID-19 area. Uh, one of them uh, is Peter McCullough, who's a professor, department head, kind of a guy, 600 publications. He's got Texas A&M University. Was a guy just before this started. He was a cardi cardiologist, Peter McCullough, uh, Vladimir Zevzelenko and uh, Lee Vliet, uh, M.D. Uh, Zelenko came uh, up with the hydroxychloroquine zinc um, uh, yeah, protocol, Vladimir right? Zelenko came up with the original treatment using zinc and using hydroxychloroquine and using other uh, adjuncts. Peter McCullough did the two largest reviews on this, showing how effective it is. One of his reviews, I think, has 40 contributing physicians. Uh, Dr. Lee Vliet, and all these, these are friends of mine now. We've made wonderful friends. She is the writer who created, along with Peter McCullough, the way to get uh, the treatment manual. And you can get that for, for free. You'll find out how to do it in my book, but you can also get it for free um, by going to the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons website. Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, and you'll see this blue book. But all that is also in, in my book. Now, if you are outside the U.S. 
and you go to We Are the Prey, you, you are going to just be able to get the manuscript for free, period. Because we can't mail you the book. We don't have that kind of, of monopoly with the uh, arrangement with the, uh, with the U.S. Post Office. But we will then get your name from that, and we'll, rem- we'll alert you when the book is alert, is, a, is, is uh, able to be obtained um, easily in Canada and around the world. So all of your audience tonight... Everyone, by going to wearethepray.com, can get the manuscript. And you can do the same thing through our website. We have a huge website, bregan.com, B-R-E-G-G-I-N.com. But I think you should go to the dedicated one for the book and and the manuscript. Make it easy for yourself, wearethepray.com. Pray, P-R-E-Y, P-R-E-Y, as in... Predator Prey. We are yeah, the Prey. If you make a mistake and misspell it, my wife has that covered. You'll still go to We Are. Brilliant, the brilliant. Okay, we'll uh, we'll take a. We're at the top of the hour. We'll take a timeout. Come back. Hour two with Dr. Peter Bregan awaits. Don't go away. Live from Toronto, Canada, Earth, the Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett on Zoomer Radio. I would say we don't know for certain, but I would say what Dr. Fauci said yesterday was verifiably false. He said no NIH money went to the Wuhan Institute for Gain of Function. Well, the main doctor there, the one they call the bat scientist or the bat woman, is a woman named Dr. Shi Zengali. She wrote a paper that MIT scientists have looked at that they said was gain of function, meaning juicing up these viruses to make them very potent and infect humans. She wrote this paper and in the paper acknowledged that her funding came from Dr. Fauci's group, the NIAID, which is part of NIH. So he's verifiably telling you something that is not true. Now, he may be quibbling and saying they weren't doing gain of function or they weren't supposed to, but we've looked at the grant application. In the grant application, we have a cellular biologist from Rutgers who says the grant application is for gain of function, juicing up these viruses. So Dr. Fauci came to Congress yesterday and lied. We can't prove the virus came from the lab. I'm not saying it did. I'm saying there is very much suspicious uh, evidence that it might have. There you go. Again, that was uh, Senator Rand Paul appearing on Fox News after he was uh, in, uh, I guess, cross-examining or, or questioning Dr. Fauci before the uh, the Senate hearing. Dr. Peter Bregan stays with us, and thank you for inviting me into your home, your long-haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' well-appointed basement with the simulated wood paneling, electric fireplace, and the painting of dogs playing poker, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. Again, Dr. Peter Bregan, Harvard-trained psychiatrist, former full-time consultant with the National Institute of Mental Health in private practice in Ithaca, New York, Uh, also a medical expert in criminal malpractice and product liability legal cases, has been involved in landmark cases on behalf of patients' rights in regard to antidepressants, antipsychotic drugs, uh, electroshock and lobotomy, and uh, his latest book, co-authored with his wife, researcher Ginger is COVID-19 and the global predators. We are the prey. We are the prey.com. We are the prey.com to get the manuscript. So, uh, Dr. Bregan, the, um, the gain of function research that was 
there was a moratorium placed on it by an outgoing president, Barack Obama, uh, in uh, in 2017, I guess, early to, or 20, late 2016, early 2017. Do you have documents that demonstrate that the NIH or the or NIAID, um, Dr. Fauci's other organization under the umbrella of NIH, was still funding gain of function in contravention of that moratorium? Yes. The 2015 paper I've told you about, which you can also get off our um, coronavirus um, resource center on Bregan.com, but you'll be able to to get all this stuff uh, from the manuscript, too, you know, just by uh, going to the links. Um, That research raises the question, I guess the authors were feeling guilty, about whether or not uh, what they were doing was legal. They even mention it. And they say, well, we don't think so because we started it before the moratorium. Uh, we didn't, and oh. they also say, and we didn't know we would be able to make these viruses. I mean, it's, it's that bad. Now, is there any, any way that one could argue that while... Uh, Dr. Shi Zhengli and her supervisor in Wuhan were perhaps thinking that this could have been used f- as a bioweapon, uh, that, th- that um, uh, Dr. Barrick, Dr. Fauci, and the work they were doing at Chapel Hill, they were thinking not along the, the lines of a bioweapon, but, you know, this this could eventually mutate. We need to develop a vaccine. We need to do gain-of-function research before it gets to that point. In other words, could we ascribe perhaps um, more altruistic motivations to Dr. Barrick and Dr. Fauci? No, I think the more altruistic people are probably the Chinese communist researchers because they really believe in communism. All these people are communists. They believe in communism. They believe there is no God. The official religion of China is atheism. These people have ideologies. And uh, that makes them even more dangerous than somebody like Fauci, who has no ideology other than personal ambition, wealth, and power. Um, no, I think these people are as corrupt as anybody else. And, and, and by the way, let, I'll tell you a few little other things about the research we found. This research is not just supported by NIH. It's supported by DARPA, which is the Cloak and Dagger Research Center of the Defense Department. And I've also got uh, uh, quotes and discussions of Fauci's support of the development of uh, biological warfare weapons. So there's no way around it. The U.S., is going to be as involved in, in making weapons and countering weapons and trying to get vaccines against weapons as is probably China. We have more resources than China to allocate to it, so much so that we're helping fund the Chinese. I don't see the Chinese helping fund us very much, but they sure do make a living off of our knowledge. And, you know, we talk about Chinese stealing technology from us. Fauci was giving them technology, giving it to them. They didn't have to steal. They didn't have to make believe there was something they weren't. And, and as for the Wuhan Institute, I, I told you that everything in China is, is military, 
And I didn't know that either until I got really reading this year. And I've, I've had uh, I've had one of our generals on my own radio TV weekly show and talking about this. There's a lot of books about this now, separate from mine, about the Chinese infiltration and war against the uh, stealth war against the the U.S. But the in January of 2020, when all this began breaking. The Chinese gave up even faking it, and, and uh, they appointed to head the Wuhan Institute, their head of their biological warfare. And that's all in the book. It's all documented. It, there was a professor, uh, I believe, attached to Beijing University with close ties to, well, if you're going to be a professor at Beijing University, I would imagine that you, you couldn't do so without having some ties with the Communist Party. But no, no, he, he, he said, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase here that basically China had defeated the United States in a biological war in 2020. He said that. I mean, I that sounds... That. I don't have that, Richard. If you would send me that, I don't have yes. it. That's wonderful. I don't have it. But, but, but if that is not a declaration or an admission that, that, that this was an act of war and that this was deliberate, I don't know what else is. Yeah. Well, and we have this wonderful younger, I guess she's in her 40s, um, Dr. Yan who fled China, came to the U.S., and said that, uh, that this is a, an act of war by China. And, and, and that was the first scientific... She had published uh, now three scientific articles with some colleagues. She's in hiding in, in the U.S. And I, I'm in communication with her, and I got to talk with her one day when we were both at the same video conference side-by-side side in boxes talking to each other before it started. And um, that's where I first heard about unrestricted warfare. She said it's an unrestricted warfare weapon. So, and she, she, she says she has got, you know, knows, a lot of people in China know this is, is her viewpoint on it. And, of course, a number of Chinese doctors, researchers, said that early on that, that the virus was right out of the military and by the and research labs, both the military and and the and the regular labs, and maybe they're the same, basically, and um, and one of them was forced to retract his paper, and the other one disappeared. It's all in the yes, book. I remember that. So, what would be the logic of Fauci and Gates um, funneling money and resources into the development of a bioweapon? That was ultimately in in communist Chinese hands, knowing that it would come back and 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 bite the West, not just the United States, but the Western world, really, in Europe. Western world, that's right. The Western democracies are the biggest enemy of the Chinese, and also the biggest enemy of the what I call the global predators. Klaus Schwab, in his book, where he's praising COVID nineteen for enabling them to to create the beginning of the Great Reset. And he says that, and the book is called COVID-19 and the Great Reset. He says this, and it's in his book title. Whoopee, we've got this thing happening. Um, the This is worldwide, this attitude. I think that most of our presidents have had this attitude, Democrats and Republicans, until... The, until uh, Trump turned the world upside down by saying, no, America first, not China first. America first. I should give you an idea of how bad and broad this is. In November 2020, just after um, the supposed election 
of um, uh, what's his name? Of Beijing Joe, Joe Biden. <laughs> Beijing Joe Biden. Joe. Well, just before the election, Joe Biden and uh, John Kerry announced that they that the, the Great Reset was a part of their program, and John Kerry was made this kind of the climate czar, which is the same kind of. It's the equivalent of Fauci, but it's for climate. Those are the two ways they want to terrify the people, make billions of dollars with industry and government fusions, and take advantage of everybody and bilk the poor, the middle class, and even the upper class of America. Right. And make no mistake, there will be uh, there will be climate change lockdowns coming. I believe that. I'm afraid that that would be one of the directions they'll take. So at this 2020 conference, the whole conference was uh, by by Bloomberg, Michael Bloomberg, who several times was mayor of New York City, is a real American, I suppose. And he holds this virtual conference because it's during the uh, COVID-19, and it's co-hosted by an organization that is founded by the Chinese Communist Party, in other words, the conference is co-hosted by the Communist Party. And one of the addresses is from Vice President Wang Qixin, and there's pictures of uh, Xi Jinping meeting with, uh, with some of the global predators and smiling. They have a con- special conference with uh, uh, Bill Gates and Tedros from the World Health Organization, Peter Stazak, who's the stand-in for Fauci. Um, and, and all these people are praising, oh, Moderna's there, all these people are praising recoupling with China now that we're going to get rid of Trump. And guess who else are there? You mentioned Bill Clinton. Bill is there by virtual Hillary, Henry Kissinger, Janet Yellen, the, the former Fed chair, who's Biden's treasurer, Henry Paulson, former Bush treasurer, Top executives, very top, the CEOs and those, McDonald's, IBM, and these are listed as supporting. MasterCard, FedEx, Prudential, Goldman Sachs, Honeywell, Moderna, Prime Minister of India is there, Tony Blair is there, King Hussein chimes in, the big banks are there, from China to India to Great Britain. I mean, this this whole world of powerful, moneyed corporations and people have joined with China. And it began with a Republican, Nixon. Nixon bragged, I opened China. I've been reading some more sophisticated things, which are China opened Nixon and got into America. They wanted right. that. They, they wanted that predatory capitalism. And by the way, there isn't, none of these people are capitalists in any ordinary freedom-oriented sense. Capitalism is supposed to be free market, free enterprise. These are predators. Those right, it's crony capitalism, crony capitalism, and socialism for the rest of us. Um, so at, at a certain, well, let me, I, I want to go to Event 201 in October 2019. Uh, because, so there's this tabletop exercise preparing for a, a pandemic taking place in New York. Again, the usual suspects are there. Uh, Bill Gates, Johns Hopkins University. Is is Schwab there? Yes, Schwab is a co-funder of that conference with Bill Gates. 
and Michael Bloomberg has his name on the Johns Hopkins. It's the Bloomberg uh, uh, Public Health uh, uh, School. So they're all involved. So interesting what about, and amazing. What about China's, their version of the CDC, whatever it's called? Is, yeah, is that well, individual they, they there? They call it the Chinese CDC, and uh, their head is, is involved in this. As well, isn't that and, interesting? And it's a coronavirus they're anticipating. Oh, Tedros is. Uh, well, I'm not sure that Tedros was involved in that, but uh, but that's the, the head of the World group. Health Organization, right? And um, they they meet, and it's only like a month or two before the first cases show up, and they're they are basically predicting it's going to be a, a SARS-CoV virus because that's what they're talking about. But we have stuff that's that's even more brutal and bizarre than that. First of all, that's 220. In 2017, Johns Hopkins put out a book. That's that famous year of 2017 when all the planning developed and for my, my uh, examination of it. They put out a booklet about a SARS-CoV virus pandemic to educate the public not to resist the vaccinations. So it's all there in 2017. And then something else that rarely gets mentioned. Ten days before Trump took office, there is a public health conference held at the George Washington University. And um, it's, it's, uh, it's done by them in collaboration with the Harvard School of Public Health. I wondered, what is the Harvard School of Public Health's connection with China? Guys, my alma mater, Harvard, I spent four years as an undergraduate there. I spent a year there at the psychiatric training program. Boy, talk about elites. That was the most elitist place I've practically ever been was the psychiatric program at Harvard. And um, um, and, and they they are are doing... All this stuff in 2017. Well, what is the connection between Harvard and China? I looked it up and I read the story that they tell on their website. Johns Hopkins was founded in collaboration with communists. They don't say never say communists with the Chinese uh, communist uh, public health people. I mean, hmm. that's how did, deep these there was. There was also that, that professor at Harvard, Ch uh, Charles Lieber, scientist, and he was. Um, he, was, he was arrested, right? He was hiding Chinese stuff. funds. Yeah. He was being paid by the Chinese to do what? Smuggle research out of Harvard to the Wuhan yes, lab? Yes. Uh, this is rampant. I think, I think this is all over the place. I've got a lot of it in my book. It's really there. But I haven't told you the weirdest story of all. So here's Johns Hopkins, and, uh, and it's being supported by uh, Harvard, and the guy's name is Ja, J-H-A, and Fauci. And Fauci, this is 10 days before Trump comes into power. There's nobody at this conference representing Republicans or Trump. It's 10 days before Trump's inauguration. And Fauci says, and uses the word certainty, that there's going to be a pandemic in Donald Trump's. Um, During his administration, years. right. His first administration. He says it. He yes, says I've it. seen that. I've and seen that uh, YouTube video. Certainty. And then it's echoed in a smaller meeting, when, uh, a workshop by Ja from Harvard echoes it. Not quite the same words, but same thing. We're going to have a pandemic now. So I think there are two things going on. There is no way. I mean, I look back on this, and this is, this is what, toward the end of the book, when Ginger and I just 
we couldn't. I mean, we concluded this in the last months of the book. You look back, there is no way that from 215 and 217 that billionaires around the world, huge corporations around the world were investing in what were known to be impossible things to make, um, vaccines, which were these not vaccines, these mRNA and the uh, and the DNA uh, vaccines that the companies were investing money, that billions of dollars was being poured in by philanthropic groups, and there, uh, there's no way that this was done not knowing they were going to have a pandemic. No businessman acts like that. So they they either were guessing it was going to be a leak, but but, but businessmen best on bet on a leak. I think they were planning it for just a little further along. And then, to everybody's amazement, um, you know, Trump won, and then they had to get it moving. Now, I want to tell you one other document we found. Do we have a minute, or should we wait to the next segment? Uh, let's, let's do it after the next uh, segment. Let me just remind people. Uh, COVID-19 and the global predators, we are the prey. And if you go to wearetheprey.com, wearetheprey.com, you get the manuscript right there. Um, if you're in the U.S., you pay for the manuscript. You pay for the book. You get the manuscript right away. And you'll get the manuscript immediately. But right, if you're outside the U.S., to go around the world. We've we've already sold well over ten thousand books. People are real, and they're very excited about the manuscript. And I, I think there's probably you know tens of thousands of copies of the manuscript sailing around the world. We did that to inform the world, but also but also to protect ourselves. Guys, the information's out. You can't stop it. That's it. you got to hide in plain sight. That's the best way. <laughs> All right, uh, Dr. Bregan, we'll, um, we'll head into a break here, come back, and we've got some questions lined up uh, from the... Uh, we're, not, we're not live streaming on our YouTube channel tonight, but um, on AM740's YouTube live chat. We're getting some questions, and we'll also open up the phones at 416-360-0740 and toll-free from just about anywhere, 866-740-4740. If you're sure your phone isn't tapped, call now, 416-360-0740 or toll-free at 1-866-740-4740. If you're sure your phone isn't tapped, call now, 416-360-0740, or toll-free at 1-866-740-4740. All right, welcome back. Dr. Peter Bregan, co-author of COVID-19 and the Global Predators. We are the prey. We are the prey.com. Again, uh, look for this program to be uh, uploaded to our rumble channel rumble.com and just search under channels for richard Serrett's strange planet or if you look under richard Serrett, you'll find it as well s y because i love you r e double t richard Serrett or richard Serrett's strange planet it should be up later tonight or or sometime tomorrow and uh, please continue to uh, to visit rumble.com we're eventually shifting everything over there moving away from youtube to rumble and um uh, hit that green subscriber button. All right. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, uh, you mentioned 
that Fauci gave this, gave this eerie veiled threat, really, or this warning that during Trump's administration, there would be a serious pandemic visited upon him. Why, um, why would they wait until near the end of his his first term? Why not? And this is speculation, I guess I'm asking you to do, but why not unleash it much earlier on Trump? Well, I have no idea about what all the machinations were. I think they were not prepared to release it just then. And um, they were really doing very poorly with their vaccine. All the scientific research leading up to um, 2020, when they start, when they were actually doing um, Operation Warp Speed, showed that you couldn't make a virus a vaccine because it right. was too deadly to, to to animals, so you couldn't try it with people. So I think they had very, and they have different uh, groups at work. Ultimately, I think China is the power behind it all, and idiots like. Um, you know, uh, even Bill Gates uh, will just be eaten alive by China when he finally succeeds and makes China more powerful than America. I mean, China is looking to make an empire. So, I mean, who knows uh, what goes on? The Chinese think very long term. I think one of the more interesting things, though, is um, why would China release it in China? That was my next question. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, well, good. We're on the same wavelength here. And I puzzled over that, and then I realized... China's biggest economic problem that has created itself is it has not enough young people because they had a one-child policy, then a two-child policy. I think they may be going to a three-child policy. But they, they, said they, uh, you know, they murdered babies by the who knows yes. how many. And yeah, they have a huge demographic problem, a huge demographic problem. So now they have nobody compared to, say, other nations, they don't have anybody to support their older population. And in China, it was up to the family to do that. I I have a Chinese friend who said, now there's an axiom in China, you're born alone, you die alone. So killing off old people and sparing young people was a perfect solution to their problem. They don't Uh, think anything of killing off people. No, I, I find less and less there is a, any distinguish any distinguishing between communist China today and Nazi Germany. Uh, they are they are committing genocide against the Uyghurs. They are they are imprisoning, sterilizing, raping, murdering uh, political prisoners. Have their organs taken from them. It's just uh, the most sinister evil. Um, regime since Hitler, and I, I, I'm seeing less and less of a distinction. Well, well I think they make a couple of points that you may may agree with. First of all, the uh, USSR was probably even worse than Hitler, even though I'm Jewish and I recognize the Holocaust. They killed a lot of Jews too, and they uh, they killed millions and millions of people in the USSR. They killed off the entire, you know, middle class farming population in order to make communes. So we have the USSR, and and now we have China. And I think that China is far more dangerous than than uh, than Hitler or Russia because they're smarter, they're better organized, their ideology is more developed. They have the largest population in the world under their control. 
and they have a very flabby America to contend with. So I think that we're in a far more dangerous situation now than ever before, and I think the world uh, turns on this. I, I believe that those of us who want to be brave, we, we should be proud to have been born in this era, because this is the era that is going to determine maybe a thousand years of a Chinese empire or a thousand years of growth of freedom. Nobody in the global predator bunch, and I name all these names, cares about freedom. They all want control. They all want power. They all want wealth. And um, you tried. Birth you tried to warn. Refounders of America. Yeah. You you tried to warn President Trump. What did you you had you knew people that could get to him. What did you send them, and and what was the result? Well, um, April fourteen and fifteen. We published on our website the um, uh, description of what was going on in the Chinese-U.S. collaboration funded by NIAD and other, other U.S. prices, too. So we, um, we put that up on our website, and we have, a, you know, we have a big system. By the way, the best way to stay in touch with us, like you, we've had our second strike at YouTube. Best way to stay in touch with us forever is to get our free frequent alerts. Go to bregan.com and get our free frequent alerts. We send them out once or twice a week, keeping you up on what we're doing. Um, because my huge YouTube uh, people can't get in touch with me through YouTube um, um, anymore. But, um, oh my gosh, I lost track of my thoughts being self-serving. And oh, is that, that's okay. No, 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 not at all. That's important that we, we tell people how to get Stay in touch and but get the book and so forth. Questions. But we were talking about how you how you uh, oh, yeah. so the same alerted Donald time, Trump. And then I did a video on YouTube and that went up immediately to forty thousand. And um, two days later, Trump canceled the uh, and we sent it to people we knew. And um, and two days later, Trump canceled all of Fauci's funding of China. I don't believe it stopped. I, I think the, 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 that this man Fauci is not faced by anybody. And of course, the entire deep state was against Trump and on his side. But, um, and Trump did not cancel um, the basic, um, you know, the basic funding for uh, the lethal, uh, um, you know, so he was, in other words, he canceled the gain of function research that was going to China, but he didn't. He didn't cancel it where it was going on in Chapel Hill, for example. That's right. He had such bad people around him. He had. The, I think that the main problem Trump faced was he was not demonic enough. Because I don't think he is demonic. He was not the kind of person who could imagine that all these top people he was bringing in from the State Department or the Treasury or where the FBI in particular, that all of them would do anything to destroy him. I don't, I don't think it entered his mind. Uh, let's go to uh, some questions here from the, uh, the live chat. Solar Warden asks, Doctor, can you speak to the issue of shedding by someone who's vaccinated onto someone not? Also, do you know about the potency and therapeutic value of oregano oil as a treatment? I don't so know shedding. about oregano oil. But there are very good protocols, and I'm on one for the prevention of uh, COVID-19, and there are a lot of other viruses, too. And you can get that protocol 
from the contacts in my book or by going to um, the uh, website of the American, the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons. You can also check out the work of uh, Vladimir Zelenko and Lee Vliet, V-L-I-E-T, or Peter McCullough, M-C-C-U-L-L-O-U-G-H, McCullough. Um, and get, uh, get these protocols. Um, there are much better ones than I imagine than what you're looking at. Um, that was the second. Are you, sp- are you speaking about ivermectin and and um, hydro- uh, hydroxychloroquine yeah, can, yeah, with zinc I take and so forth? Hydroxychloroquine once a week as a preventive. It's very safe, but I take it with zinc. I take it with vita- vitamin C. I take it with quercetin. But you need to kind of look into this for yourself and learn about it. I can't, I'm not prescribing anybody on the radio. <clears throat> right, right. Do you find it odd, though, that, I mean, early shedding. on... I talk about shedding. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, uh, yeah, sorry. You, yeah, that's a good reminder. We, now, we need to address the issue of shedding. Do we know anything about that? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's two different, two different kinds of, um, of vaccines. So the DNA vaccines, which are um, Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca, um, they put a DNA messenger into your body. Um, that then produces, actually in the body, um, mRNA, which then makes your body produce the exact replica, the exact replica of the um, SARS-CoV-2 uh, spike protein. The problem is the spike protein doesn't just open cells, it damages them. Itself, it causes hemorrhaging and it causes um, clotting to go along with the hemorrhaging. Now, in that case, you, what you could end up shedding would be the virus carrier. There, there is a deactivated virus. We just don't know whether that can mutate what forms it could take. It's an animal virus that is injected that carries the DNA. And by the way, that is the SARS-CoV-2 DNA. It's been made in a lab, I mean, because that's how much they can manipulate all that stuff. But it's the SARS-CoV DNA by which SARS-CoV is ordered to make the spike protein. Isn't that something? This is not a, a vaccine. This is this is, uh, you know, uh, woo-woo land experimentation. Now, the, um, there's no virus injected <clears throat> with the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines, which are the main ones in the U.S. What is injected is your, your um, messenger RNA, which is also replicated out of the virus, and it goes in and commands your body to make this uh, the he- the um, the protein spike protein spike protein. So the question is, the both of them are making spike proteins, the same spike protein. Can that be shed? That can be shed, but probably not in a highly infectious way so far. But in a way that certainly it could go from one human to another. So. It's the nasal passages and, that have the, uh, um, and, and, you know, the whole oral area has the uh, receptors for that, that spike.
spike protein. So a baby uh, could get it from a mother. It could be passed back and forth, this, that, that. But there's no good studies on it. I just had a conversation with Peter McCullough about it, who is a tremendous scientist, 600 papers in cardiology and renology and um, so on. And um, he, um, he thinks there's a risk of, from the shedding of the spike proteins, and that would come from all four. And that there's a problem about could you be getting shedding from the um, virus right. used in the AstraZeneca and uh, J&J. The only... Okay, yeah. sorry, Dr. Bregan, I've got I to run here. I'm late for break. Stay put. We'll come back. We'll chat some more. Dr. Peter Bregan, COVID-19 and the global predators. We are the prey. We are the prey.com. Stay with us. Exploring theories, uncovering facts, and offering a different view of the universe. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard live, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free at 1-866-740-4740. And a few minutes remain with Dr. Peter Bregan, co-author of COVID-19 and the Global Predators. We are the prey. We are the prey.com. You can order the book there. In the U.S., you buy the book, uh, you get the manuscript. Uh, if you're outside the United States... Immediately the, uh, get the manuscript. Right, immediately. And if you're else outside the United States, you get the manuscript. And uh, then you'll be alerted when the uh, the book is available. So please support Dr. Bregan's uh, work uh, and uh, buy that book. Um, so, you know, we were told two weeks to flatten the curve and then, um, then uh, you know, get vaccinated if we get herd immunity. Um, but if... If the vaccine is, it's not really a vaccine, as you say. In fact, they've kind of massaged the the definition of a vaccine. I mean, my understanding of a vaccine is it it will prevent you from getting infected, uh, and it will also prevent you from spreading. But now we know it it does neither. So, what does herd immunity mean when you have a leaky vaccine? There is no such thing, right? <laughs> not only that, but you know the world. Health organization, at least for a while, took the concept of herd immunity down from its website. They don't want reality. They want to overpower us to run the world in a more totalitarian fashion. The World Health Organization is the mouthpiece and implementer for the communist Chinese and for Bill Gates. And those are the two top funders. When the U.S. stopped funding, the two top funders became Bill Gates and the, and the Communist Chinese. Now we're funding it again, too. So the three top people, Gates, us, and the Chinese. Um, no, it, it's. Uh, I, I want to go back to something I mentioned earlier, but we didn't get to do it. At the end of one of your segments, I said, let me bring something up that is one of our really finds that really is amazing. And that tells people really, really what's going on. Again, 2017, the uh, organization, you know, representing uh, Bill Gates, CEPI, representing uh, Schwab, representing billions and billions of dollars now, all kinds of major corporations, does a PowerPoint presentation for the World Health Organization. Who? 
in which, it, and no one else has ever found this. I'm not going to tell you how I found it. But there's links, we have links for it, and we've taken it down, so if those links disappear, we'll be able to have it for you. It's a 20-plus complex PowerPoint uh, slides, whatever you call them. And in it, he says that SEPI is organizing all these powers together, the governments, the, um, the billionaires, and so on and on. And he says there's an arrangement that, that the drug companies will be completely covered for all their expenses so there will be no losses whatsoever, even for their incidental-type expenses, and the rest will be gravy. And that's in one of the PowerPoints. It's in the book. It's one of the few illustrations I have in the book is of that PowerPoint. And then he goes on and says, and if they make a certain excess, is yet undetermined, of money, that will go back to SEPI. So this whole boondoggle was planned way in advance. And here are these two groups, uh, the power of the UN, and which is World Health Organization, and Chinese communists working so closely with them, and uh, Bill Gates working with multiple corporations and billionaires, and they are deciding how they'll run the world when the next um, pandemic comes along. And, they're and, there will, and there will be another one, right? This is a trial run. This is a beta test. Well, maybe so. I mean, I don't, I don't know how to predict what these people are doing. They are uh, they're taking some hard licks right now. I'm involved with two, di- two different lawyers, two different groups, um, Bobby Kennedy and, um, and uh, Tom Rents and suits against these people. By the way, it's too late to do anything about me. I've given them all my information, folks. And um, they've got it. Um, so they're getting a bit of a bloody nose. Right now they're powering up on climate change, which is back again. It's yes. hard to know what they're, going to do, what they're going to do next. But we have to be prepared. The main thing is we have to re-strengthen America. And we haven't spent enough time on that, in part due to me, because that's the first time I'm bringing it up, really. We have in America still a core of at least half the nation that believes in the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, believes in separation of states and government powers, believes in the freedom of religion. Most of them believe in God, too. They're Christians and Jews and other folks who believe in God and believe in patriotism. This is what stands up against everything I'm describing today. It's those of us who still believe in in America as the nation was founded, based on freedom, political, individual freedom, based on a belief of something greater than ourselves. These people, none of the... I bet there isn't a single globalist I mentioned who thinks there's something greater than himself, and uh, believing that there are values and power and some sort of... How could they believe in an afterlife? How could they believe in judgment? How could they believe in 
if if they're if they're going along with this. We'll take another time out and come back, finish up till the top of the hour with Dr. Peter Bragan. COVID nineteen and the global predators. We are the prey. Sorry to tell you, but we are. The world is being pulled over your eyes. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrant from Zoomer Radio. To reach Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. All right, welcome back. And as I mentioned, go to rumble.com and search under channels Richard Serrett's Strange Planet or just Richard Serrett. And this program tonight will be posted on my Rumble channel tonight after the show or tomorrow at some point fairly early. Also, if you go to rumble.com and my and my channel, Strange Planet, uh, go down one, two, three, four, five, six, about eight videos on there. And you'll see one that I posted or Ryan, my live stream producer, posted from Dr. Ryan Cole. Uh, an amazing discussion he gave. It's about a half hour long on vitamin D and its efficacy. And I think he also touches on ivermectin. Uh, That's Dr. Uh, Ryan Cole. And he is a pathologist. I believe he's in Idaho. And uh, he posted this on Instagram and it was taken down. I grabbed it and I I put it on Rumble. So there's another resource for you. Dr. Peter Bregan stays with us a few minutes yet. COVID-19 and the global predators, we are the prey, we are the prey.com. It, it just, it, from very early on, uh, it seemed to me that uh, they <laughs> were, were overplaying their hand. Like when you, you're looking at a, um, a, a survival rate of, you know, 99.79% or whatever it is, and yet they are pushing this vaccine so hard, the, the level of not only coercion, but it, they're using enticement. So, for example, in some places, they're, they're offering free college tuition for young people to get this vaccine. They are saying that if you're between 12 and 15 in some places, you don't need your parents' consent, uh, which is just, you know, odious. But these this idea of now sending, sending an army of volunteers to go door to door, knocking on people's doors to ask them and to try and convince them to take the vaccine, again, for something that has that is for children is far less dangerous than the flu, but they don't do this for the flu vaccine. Uh, I mean, it, it should be, and, 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 and they're, they're, they're suppressing, uh, censoring, firing any medical doctor that has the, the courage to actually stand up and say, hey, wait a minute, the emperor has no clothes. Uh, I mean, I, I, I just don't understand why more people aren't waking up to this idea, this fact that you know, this is just, it's so overwrought. It's so obvious what they're doing. Well, one of the worst horrors uh, is the lack of physicians. <clears throat> there are hundreds and even thousands around the world and in America uh, who are standing up on these issues. But what happens if you do stand up? You get into really serious problems already. I mean, you lose your YouTube, you, you lose your uh, whatever else is, is out there in the world that you can communicate with, um, you, um, you lose your friends, you, uh, you might lose your job. Um, if you're a physician, you will lose your job. Um, I know um, interns and residents and other, other young doctors, they, they can't possibly refuse the vaccine um, because they won't be uh, able to work in their, commu- their medical communities. Um, 
everyone involved gets attacked. So I think it's a question of, you know, human beings naturally protect themselves and their families. They don't naturally stand up to the world. They they make the most of what they they can in their own circle. There's not too many people uh, like you, like me, who um, have a real dedication to larger issues. It's totally understandable. It's what worked for evolution. But uh, it, it won't take millions and hundreds of millions of us. Uh, in the American Revolution, um, a very small percentage of the population were activists. But they were really active. The people who signed the Declaration of Independence had everything to lose and very little to gain, despite what the revisionist historians and progressive historians want right, to Right, right. They pledged their lives and their livelihoods and their honor. And they knew that that very Declaration of Independence was going to be the list of men, they were all men on, who signed, it was going to be the list of men who got hung. And it was going to be their families, their wives and children who were deprived, their fortunes that were destroyed. So we have to hope that some of us, large enough numbers of us, can be brave enough to really organize and work together and do our very best to speak truth to power. And the foundation is not unique. It's a Judeo-Christian American foundation. It's been there and is now being eroded. And it is the great enemy. We are the great enemy of these global predators. And um, you're doing a great job, by the way. I want, um, Folks, this is one of the most intelligent interviews I've had, most informed. Got two hours to talk with somebody who knows a lot of stuff. Um, so uh, we just need a lot more of us, and we need to build our own platforms. Or we need our, I think we need our own medical system. Everything else is corrupt right now, and it's corrupt in the direction of progressivism and communist China. Right. I, I think that's an important point to make. To, to someone out there who's listening who thinks that they are a social justice warrior and that, you know, there are social causes, obviously, that we need to, to, to fight and to improve. Life fighting them, including of course. Yes, exactly. But what's going on now? If if you think that you're, you're you know, fighting alongside Coca-Cola or Woca-Cola uh, or all of these corporations that's international mega corporations that suddenly woke up and decided that they were for diversity and equity and inclusion you're sadly mistaken you are a a a, uh, a useful fool you are a foot soldier in a in a, a battle that is going on um, that that has nothing to do with what you think it has to do with and so if you are if you are on that side you are aiding and abetting unwillingly and un, un, uh, perhaps and unwittingly, but still the effect is the same. You have to understand what's really going on here. Uh, and so hopefully there are enough of those people as well of good conscience who can sit back and and stop, uh, you know, participating in these echo chambers and, uh, and wake up. the elections, folks, on a state and local level. Don't let them take the next one away from us. If they do, it's really going to be the end of freedom in the world. So, uh, obviously, this book is not going to be available on Amazon, I'm guessing, so they're going to have to go to pray. Uh, wearethepray.com. Wearethepray.com. And uh, they'll get the uh, the manuscript immediately. Um, please buy the book. And um, 
again, if they also want to maintain contact with you, Dr. Bregan, they can go to bregan.com, B-R-E-G-G-I-N, B-R-E-G-G-I-N.com. So what's- Yeah, get the free frequent alerts, the free frequent alerts. Take All right. What's next? Can you give us another assignment from aside from reading the book? <laughs> Keep listening to your radio show, Richard. This is a great show. All right. Well, um, God willing, we'll have you on again <laughs> if it's still around. If I'm still around, uh, Doctor Bregan, thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. Thanks to your audience too for listening and taking all, right. all this seriously. Thank you. All right. Hey, uh, don't forget about my uh, weekday program on Saga 960 AM. For those of you in the greater Toronto area, Saga, spelled S-A-U-G-A, as in Mississauga, S-A-U-G-A, Saga 960 AM. You can hear it on your uh, regular radio throughout much much of the the GTA. If not, you can stream it live at Saga960AM.ca. I've had Dr. Bregan on that program. It's a radio show like few others. I go there. That's right. We push back on that program. All right, my thanks to uh, Ryan and Carlos back next week with a brand new live show. Don't forget to go to rumble.com and search my uh, my channel, Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.